the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. Welcome you to another Monday edition of Lifeline. So glad to have you in the hearing uh, of, of my words. And uh, maybe we can have a conversation for the next couple of hours on uh, this August 16th, a very august 16th of the year 2021, a very infamous year, if I might say so myself. But maybe um, maybe we can redeem elements of it as we move towards the school year, it's here now, parents, it's here now, you young people and, um, and and children are returning back to school and we're not quite sure how that's going to work out with um, with the way things are, with the policies in, in Washington and, and also in Sacramento. But here we are on the brink of a new school year uh, and therefore we are kind of at the tail end, if you will, uh, of the summer. And uh, I'm, I'm actually... Uh, happy about it. We are um, ourselves, Grace Bible Church, you know, I'm pastor of Grace. We are engaging in what used to be an annual fellowship, a barbecue fellowship out at Heather Farms Park. It's in Walnut Creek. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's a beautiful park, beautiful scenery, beautiful landscape, beautiful um, area where um, the the kids play area is just um uh, almost Disneyland-like in terms of the different things they can do. Uh, remember the word Heather Farm Park. If you're not doing anything this coming Saturday, the 21st, you are. You're certainly welcome to join us. We're going to have a lot of fun. We always do. Um, start about noon. You can come earlier if you just want to, uh, you know, set up a chair or, if you will, um, a personal tarp and uh, and get a spot. It's a big place, but. Um, it's not so big that you won't find us. Once you come into the parking lot, look to the left, right by the uh, volleyball pit, you will see a big umbrella, and that umbrella will start um, the. Uh, it will mark the area where the Grace family will be from around twelve noon till almost dusk. We hang out and we really have a good time. We sit, we eat, we talk. And we play games, um, old folks, you know, middle-aged folks, young folks. We have a great time. Bingo is uh, it has been one of uh, uh, our uh, families, uh, particularly the older people's uh, real enjoyment. You gather together, you talk, you laugh, and you try to win some prizes. In fact, the prizes are great between my secretary and my wife. I mean, those are prizes that are worthy. Uh, playing the game. Plus, you just get to know people in a much more personal way. And that's what gathering together is all about. Um, so we would definitely, if you're not doing anything, would encourage you to come on out and see 
uh, PJ and the gang, there will be uh, plenty of activities for teenagers as well, uh, young people. Believe me, the park has a uh, an Olympic swimming pool. Uh, the walking area is beautiful. It, most of it, you can see your young people if you are positioned carefully enough. Uh, again, Heather Farm Park, there will be uh, events like face painting, balloon toss, balloon fights, if you will, go-kart rides, swimming, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. And then, of course, around 3 o'clock, 3.30, uh, the Grace Band comes out and we do a bunch of ensembles of, you know, you, you kind of just your cover songs of old school uh, songs and some of our own original stuff, too, just to get us um, moving and about. We often do line dancing and just everybody just has a good time. And I, we would encourage you to come come on out. If you really are thinking about it, come on out, bring some food, set it on the table. We just have uh, a bunch of stuff around barbecue, hot dogs, links chicken, you know, potato salad, your, your traditional stuff, sweets, um, if you're into all that as well. So, yeah, I'm officially inviting all of you, our KFAX listeners, if you aren't doing anything, to come out and join us. So bring the kids. Spend an hour or two or three. Get to know someone. Catch up with me. You'll see me in and out because I'm, I'm generally managing the flow of all of the different events one way or the other. And, uh, and then ultimately, I get to settle down with just a little food and then I get a chance to rock my bass guitar while uh, while the rest of the band is getting at it. And everybody's enjoying themselves until the cool weather sets in. And then, oh, yeah, we have all kind of other stuff. Uh, again, they'll have snow cones and popcorn and cotton candy. My wife heads up all of that type of stuff. Um, just saying it because we're there. We're at the end of. Uh, almost the summer period. And, uh, and, and yeah, we, we want to have some fun before we move into this next vortex of the winter, not really knowing what that's going to be like. I mean, you know, we, we, we've been dealing with some policy blunders. I can talk about Fauci. I can talk about Cuomo and I can talk about the baffling exit strategy of, of our president, Joe Biden, when it comes to Afghanistan, this is a real debacle in front of us. And, I'm not only not surprised, uh, you know, I'm, I'm cynical because I, I, I've looked at the history of our country and the history of our leaders, particularly in terms of what we know is the military industrial complex. And no one can deny that it is. I mean, a big part of our global agenda is military uh, rooted, military oriented, military, military reinforced. And here we are. We've been. In, in Afghanistan for over 20 years now. It, can you imagine that 20 years? I mean, again, I'm almost, I'm not quite sure, but I think I was on the radio during, uh, during uh, 9-11 uh, on and off. And if that's the case, boy, time has flown, hasn't it? It has just gotten on up and flown away and we are many years older. And I, yeah, yeah, it's so true. I didn't have 11 grandkids then, but I do now. And they're they're bumping at the door being teenagers. So, yeah, I think it has been almost 20 years uh, since that time. And, and here we are now, just now trying to pull out of Afghanistan. And sadly, uh, sadly, the Biden administration is operating out of a obviously it's just a lack of skill set on his part. And, uh, you know, I think it's another indicator, ladies and gentlemen, of just how how bad we are thinking under this delusion of a postmodern critical race theory culture. 
Um, people don't know that ideology is extremely uh, challenging to your reasoning skills, your rational logic skills. It's, you know, once you get trapped by a ideology that has no basis in wisdom or any basis in uh, uh, sound judgment, then, then, then the choices that you make end up having the consequences that they do. And so from the time of um, uh, the COVID era back in, in, in 2020, uh, late December 9, uh, 2019 into 2020, uh, along with uh, that whole BLM, Black Lives Matter debacle, uh, came all of this. This whole uh, surge of, of chaos and 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 uh, oppression. I mean, spiritual, psychological oppression as a consequence of policies that are just. Uh, and you've heard me say it more than once: odd infinitum, uh, insane and irrational. Uh, and and now you know Fauci is recognizing that uh, he's running into a wall as well because his COVID program is his. His vaccine program is not working as well as he would have wanted it to. Uh, and that's because he failed to utilize a, uh, a conglomerate of professional virologists and epidemiologists outside of the circle of his echo chamber. And now he's doing a lot of backtracking. We know about that. We are aware that he's opening the door for alternative uh, uh, what is called purpose therapy drugs, uh, alternative um, pre um, pre-treatment drugs, which was always recommended from the beginning. We would have never had the kind of outbreaks, nor would we have had the kind of deaths we have experienced if we didn't get shut up to this one way of a vaccine strategy. Uh, early treatments are just the way to go. And you, you guys need to know that even now, because the vaccines that we have produced uh, I say we because of our taxpayer money. It's just amazing, isn't it? Everything that they're doing that we disapprove of because of its unscientific and unproven manner is something we've paid for. The American people have paid for that. But but the virologist said it early on that the variants and the mutations of the virus would outrun the vaccines. And now you're on a whole nother uh, trajectory of boosters and perpetual vaccines. But the good news is that they are now starting to have some vaccines come out that are traditional. This this mRNA gene therapy is not traditional. It's a problem. We need to fix it. But we're also looking at newer vaccines. He even admitted that that really will work and not have the negative consequences that we have to at some point talk about. So that's good. The lines are open. one 367 If you want to fill them up, love to hear from you. New listeners, I hear all the time that you're out there. Love to hear from you with your questions, comments, or observations. one 367 I'm going to take a break, pay some bills, and we're going to come back, keep talking for the next hour and a half. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed, we're back. The time is 5.20. We are in a fresh program and the lines are open. All of them are open. If you ever wanted to uh, uh, have a time to call in, this is perfect. one 367 one I opened up talking about and inviting you to our um, annual gathering out at Heather Farm Park in um, in uh, Walnut Creek. So you definitely are welcome to join us. And then we moved into 
uh, talking a bit about the Biden administration simply because we, we, we you know, uh, again, I talked about being around at 9-11. I'm sure a lot of you were as well. And, and, and I'm sure a lot of you think about the fact that wars are not arbitrary. They don't happen uh, in a vacuum. They're not the consequence of just a few sparks being lit. They are. We are virtually guaranteed that you and I are dealing with a structured approach to world dominance, uh, geopolitical leveraging uh, at the collateral damage of people's lives. I, I, you know, I. I love our military. I love our military men and women. They're in my family, uh, immediate family, as well as extended family, et cetera. My dad was in the military also. And so, you know, what a, what a tension, what a, what a, what an internal conflict, what a, what a struggle to think about how abusive um, our, our, the, the power structures in the world can be. And, and definitely ours when we think about the debacle over and over again, the debacle it was President Biden who said the other day in a very harsh tone, you know, he doesn't have that real balance of of uh, of uh, of character so that what he admits when he speaks is sort of an even keeled, uh, mature expression of his wisdom and his insights It's kind of edgy. And sometimes it's just um uh, it is it, to me. It's non-contextual. It just doesn't. Uh, the, the attitude that will will uh, accompany the way he expresses things tells me that he's not thinking beyond maybe an emotional emission. Like he he plainly said, there's no correlation between what's happening in Afghan uh, Afghanistan and Saigon. It won't ever happen. No correlation whatsoever. Ever. But here we go. Just a couple days after he said that, the Taliban took over everything. They took over everything, and 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 now they are, you know, uh, sort of perched outside of the airport, and and we are sending thousands and thousands of troops in there to hopefully uh, navigate the uh, the departure of American citizens who are stuck in hotels. They were told, "Don't go outside. Don't go anywhere." You're not safe. Uh, airplanes and helicopters and other things can't quite get off the ground because they're being shot at. And, and so the military is supposed to go in there and try to clear things out. The problem is, ladies and gentlemen, what we know is that every second counts, every hour counts, every every day counts. And, and you, you have to know there are atrocities being committed even now, unfortunately, because the Taliban is propping their feet up on the chairs in the, in the uh, former president's office, kind of like what happened on January 6th. Uh, with the people in the, uh, uh, you know, at at uh, at, uh, at the uh, election at um, in Washington, uh, if you will, uh, at the White House, we're watching them celebrating taking over Af- Af- uh, Afghanistan as if there was no real uh, development, strategically military reinforced development that would look for the day when the American soldiers would pull out and the American people who are there and those who are sympathizers with the American people uh, being able to leave safely. It was President Donald Trump who made it very clear that when he would pull the uh, forces out, it would first be that he would protect all of the administrative uh, uh, personnel there 
all of the American citizens there that were only there temporarily doing other stuff. And then all of those who were uh, of the Afghan people who who felt like they wanted to leave and come uh, to America or somewhere else as a consequence of helping helping uh, helping the American objective there in, in Afghanistan. You know the moment that America moves out, that vacuum would be filled with the hostility of, uh, of, of these uh, Taliban fighters and others who are uh, anti-American and anti-democratic uh, and anti-Trump and anti-Biden. Now uh, we're, we're going to come in and people, their lives are at stake. This is why the military could never, the military in Afghanistan could never, ever uh, eventually develop and and take on a level of personal confidence and camaraderie to actually protect its own citizens. They were abiding their time. As long as the military presence, American military presence were there, they were uh, being fed, they were being clothed, they were being taught, they were enjoying uh, the prospects of maybe the change of a culture, but but not altogether. Why? Because they they did not sense or feel like there was going to be a real reset. Because America has done this many times. We've done it many times. Going into areas, uh, you know, established our presence, uh, engaged in whatever purposes we were there for. And then like Saigon, you guys remember that terrible, terrible time. You, all you got to do is look, go online uh, Vietnam, Vietnam, the Vietnam War, and look at that terrible, terrible attempt to rescue American personnel, and what that uh, beca- what became of that was so painful to watch. And this is where we are even now with the Afghanistan event. And, and, and may I say this, and I'd love to hear from you on it because I've seen the rhythm of romance with our military uh, in, in its. Uh, in its quelling or ebb of uh, of being quiet and not really engaging in any real provocation or uh, stirring up of different nation sites around the world. And then when they feel like it's time to do something, that's that's what occurs. Uh, As if people are not going to resist them, as if the Taliban wasn't uh, uh, undercover in their own spaces, just abiding time. They live there. They live there. They're not going anywhere. Uh, those those people in that part of the world think long term. They have to. They have nothing else. Uh, they don't live for the day of a political savior coming in to uh, reestablish a democracy where people are free and 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 and, and the uh, rule of law is established. Think about this. When they look over here on their internet, their cell phones and through Google and Facebook, and they look at the chaos and the mayhem and the confusion uh, and the destruction of civility here in America, the demoralization of American culture, the the uh, the, the clear dissemination of uh, of uh, propaganda that is military in orientation because they know it too. They much of the, the Muslim militaries across the world have been taught by uh, communists well how to engage this game. They're very good at this. They're not ignorant of what's going on in America. And and that's why largely, ladies and gentlemen, they're simply waiting for your America and mine to fall. They basically know the framework of socialism is already here. They already know that. They already know that we are a shell of a democracy 
and that uh, the rule of law is a farce and that the idea of, uh, of, you know, a Department of Justice, judicial system, executive branch and legislative branch actually working together in a vigorous way to maintain the freedom of American people and, and prosperity uh, based upon the rule of law. It, it, it's such a very thin veneered proposition today. The old school would call quickly and say, sir, you are making uh, an obvious point. In fact, you're, you're stating the obvious. When we look at the development of the kind of things that are taking place in America over the last 40 years, it's absolutely devastating to see our country in the state that it's in societally, uh, sociologically, um, you know, in terms of just uh, bad policies that have no way at all of amounting to a unified America predicated upon constitutional principles that are rooted in a substantial and instantiated freedom of every human being. Uh, that's not the case today. What you're looking at is a global transition around the world. It's a little bit more vigorous here in America. It's a slow leaking faucet. And uh, not too soon from now, not too in the far distance from now, will you see a very clear and vivid affirmation of what I'm saying to you now? That's where we're headed. This is why there's a sense of deep seated unrest in the soul. We, we are not sure what tomorrow holds because we are looking at a very soft, strategic, uh, high tech coup of, of the American people. It's true. It's true. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Love to hear from you. one 888 1-888-367-5329. 1-888-367-5329. All the lines are open. Love to uh, engage you in conversation topic concerns you may have, spiritual, theological, practical, social. That's what we do while we are free. I'll be right back. This report is sponsored by Visit California. In San Leandro, southbound 880, just before Davis Street, a three-car crash. Don't have any lane information. Emergency crews are there. Traffic got to stop, though, from 66th Avenue. Westbound 92, just before, uh, just past Skyline Boulevard, two-car crash with minor injuries. Car versus big rig dump truck. That's over on the right-hand shoulder. Two-car crash in San Jose. This is southbound of the Guadalupe Parkway, right before 280. Everything in the center divide. And in San Jose, southbound 880, just before the Montague Expressway. A three-car pileup in the two left lanes. They're waiting for a tow truck. That's traffic. I'm Michael Bennett. Calling all Californians. It's time to get out and enjoy our big, beautiful state. Because vacationing here helps get our economy moving again. Start planning your in-state getaway now at visitcalifornia.com. California. Dream big. Meet Tim. Hey, what's up? He's the person you hired for your digital marketing strategy. And when he's done battling aliens on his PS5 in his parents' basement, I'm sure he'll get right to work. Now, meet the team at Salem Surround. What's up? Over 200 digital media strategists with all the current digital tools, resources, and training bringing your business the real results you need. These are the people who are passionate about your marketing success and will work 24-7 to deliver customers to you and your business. So, Tim. Yes, level 12. I'm going to be here all night. Or the team at Salem Surround. 
Why trust your digital marketing to one person when you can hire a whole team? Nationwide exposure, experience, and expertise. Let our team of experts focus on your digital marketing strategy so you can focus on your business. It's an easy decision. To learn more about Salem Surround or for a free no-obligation digital audit, visit us at surroundsanfrancisco.com. One listener that stands out that I worked with recently was this older couple that was interested in refinancing. They reached out to a few different lenders and you know their credit wasn't the best. I know some of these other bigger banks, you just won't hear back from them, which I cannot stand. Not everybody has the 780 credit scores and never had any hardships in their life. Just because you don't qualify at one time doesn't mean that you'll never qualify. I'll walk you through what you have to do to do this refinance, whether it's two, three, six months from now. Back to that older couple, we worked with them for months and months to improve their credit. And we were able to get the loan done. We were saving them hundreds each month, thousands of dollars a year, finally got themselves into a situation financially that they can handle and they could start saving money each month, saving for retirement. At the end of the day, they just could not be happier, which just put a huge smile on my face. We. Are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melbourne, New York. Animal number 1330. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into. And that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month. And that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch to the customer satisfaction rate. For MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. Very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-518-4020. 800-518-4020. That's 800-518-4020. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back. We've got three lines open, one 367 Three lines open, one 367 to start the conversation. We've been in the book of the Revelation, the Apocalypse, for a long time. I don't know if you listen to our weekday program. I think we're on uh, the noon time right about now. I haven't listened in a long time, just super busy with with all kinds of stuff, but our study in the, the, the apocalypse, the revelation of Jesus Christ, 
to the church has been just phenomenal. And we're in the 21st chapter and we're dealing with the New Jerusalem. And uh, I'm very, very thankful for the opportunity to explain to us that the apocalypse is pointing us to a world to come wherein uh, the symbolism of that book uh, uh, calls us back into history in order to frame for us a visual, an optic, if you will, of the ideal world that God uh, is creating now and will consummate at the return of Jesus Christ. And the New Jerusalem being the bride of Christ explicitly laid out. It's not a real estate in Palestine, in Israel, or in America, or in Europe, as some people would want to interpret the 12 tribes as being British Israel, nor is it in Africa. The 12 tribes are not uh, Africans, if you will, um, he, you know, Hebrew Israelites. They are made up of men and women from every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue for sure, and they are what we would call fulfilled Jews, fulfilled Hebrews. That is fulfilled in the sense that the Lord Jesus Christ is the culmination of the old covenant uh, purpose given to Abraham uh, and his seed, the promises to the seed, as Paul puts it very clearly in Galatians 3 and 4, and that seed singular being Jesus Christ, so that if anyone is in Christ Jesus, anyone whatsoever, he is indeed, she is indeed, uh, and no if you will, stepchild, uh, Abraham's seed. You are a child of Abraham if you through faith believe in the Lord Jesus and we are part of the eternal promises of God, which are framed again by language that's given to us that is depicted by the fixed chronology of the Old Testament history. This is why the New Jerusalem is talked about in Isaiah 65, but it's also talked about in Hebrews 12, and it's also talked about in the book of the Revelation. It is not an ethnic city. It is a trans-ethnic city of men and women who are the new man in Christ. And it's a glorious, glorious story that we read in Revelation 21 about the new heavens and the new earth and the bride of Christ coming down as the holy Jerusalem, having the glory of God. And that's what we're unpacking in that series, having the glory of God. If you're a child of God, guess what? You already possess the spirit of glory. This is what Peter says in 1 Peter 4, 14. That means you have the ability to suffer for Christ's sake because those who do, the spirit of glory rests on them. Um, suffering is part of sonship. And this is what we must learn. Uh, and the book of the Revelation tells us how that the saints triumph over suffering by loving not their lives unto the death and by um, trusting and leaning in, upon and, and, and resting in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And it's a rich, rich promise uh, to get us through extremely difficult circumstances, which is where we are as the church has been for so many uh, millennium up to this date. And I, and I think the church like right now is like a a boxer in the ring who has gotten hit with an overhand right, right on the temple, and we're dazed. We're not quite sure what to make of what's going on in our culture. We're not sure where we are. <laughs> we're not sure what round it is. And we don't have our guards up, and we're not in a defensive stance. We're not bobbing and weaving, and we're not responding prophetically and priestly as we should be. And I hear from Christians all over the place. They're wondering, what in the world is the church doing? Well, we got caught 
And uh, we, we have to admit it. I'm talking about the church as a whole, particularly Western and American churches have gotten caught in the reality web. That is the reality of a world that's filled with interruptions, uh, abrupt interruptions that are disruptive and, and that by design. So now we're on our heels, not really sure how to respond to the government, how to position ourselves in terms of our constitutional freedoms, how to actually proclaim the gospel in a way that it doesn't sound like um, some kind of false hope that's uh, that's predicated upon a kind of uh a fantasy, if you will, because if you're not preaching the word from a prophetic spirit, and when I say prophetic spirit, I mean, according to Revelation 19.10, the testimony of Jesus is actually the spirit of prophecy. And if you are not proclaiming Christ in the fullness of his offices, in every portion of scripture where he is at the center of his teaching, you're not going to, you're not going to, the people of God are going to be in dismay. They're going to be like sheep without a shepherd. They're going to be um, like blind men walking in the night. They're going to be unaware of where we are within the framework of hostile and enemy territory. Right. And it means nothing what I'm saying in this sense. It hasn't started happening yet that there would be a direct assault on Christians. It hasn't happened yet, but we recognize the policies that are being shaped um, that are fundamentally godless and therefore uh, immoral will be reinforced by the momentum of a global agenda that will put the Christian in the bullseye of local little Lilliputian peons as is the case right now, even with these vaccines. I, I don't know how many people I am hearing from every day in need of uh, exemption, vaccine exemption forms, because they're just, they know now that there's no reason for them to even be part of the statistical experiment uh, of the vaccine when they've done well up to this time using all of the other alternative wisely uh, uh, prescribed methods. Why? Why take a chance on being injured until we figure this thing out? That makes all the sense in the world. And we know we shouldn't be forced to do it. But this goes to show you again how our government is completely uh, usurping and, and abrogating the rule of law. And they're going to continue to do it because that's what a socialist country does. It says to heck with the law. It just has no regard for submission to it and definitely doesn't have any regard for people. Uh, and particularly the people that are um, uh, contrary to their views and opinions and ideas. And in a moment, you know, Christians will be facing that. Um, I am thankful, however, for the multi-cultural uh, context in which America has ultimately emerged. It's a catch-22 for sure, but I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad our Muslim brothers are here. Uh, I'm, I'm glad our Jewish brethren are here. I'm glad that there are a, uh, a multifaceted level of, uh, of Americans who are coming from different uh, worldview convictions, but they are similar enough uh, to, to, to mount uh, an argument against any of the policies that this wicked uh, uh, government of ours has a tendency to want to puff itself up and be. Um, uh, and largely they simply puff up and, and, and abuse Christians. 
because uh, they know the history of, of, of Islamic ethics when it comes to uh, pushing up against them and abusing them. Uh, albeit in China, they, they definitely are rounding up Muslims and, 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 and oppressing them. Uh, I don't think they're going to get away with it here in America, except for with Christians who don't understand their rights and don't know how to operate out of a clear standard of, uh, of, of, of constitutional amendment and biblical uh, uh, premises as the grounds for their freedom and their right to argue as they assemble and as they worship and as they do what our freedoms are called to do. This is exactly what our founding fathers meant to occur. The founding fathers, no doubt, when you read through and peruse the Constitution, the amendments and the, the writings of the founding fathers, they no doubt, having come up out of a revolution themselves, understood that freedom will not be maintained if people just lie down and do whatever the government says. There's no way that you will retain your freedom. And I told you last week, uh, one one historian put it this way, uh, when people have been conditioned to be socialist, the only thing that they want is an appearance of freedom, not freedom for real, because an appearance of freedom doesn't cost you anything. It's real freedom that costs you. Yet people just want the government to tell them that they're free, not necessarily liberate them, because to be free means you have to be responsible. And to be responsible, you have to be thoughtful. And to be thoughtful, you have to be volitional. And to be volitional, you have to be brave. And we haven't conditioned our American people as a whole to be that way. Otherwise, our politicians would be acting the fool that they're doing in an arrogant way, basically just running roughshod over our Constitution. Three lines open. one 888 I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And happy about it. Back to Lifeline and happy about it. Glad to be on the life. Line with you, the number one triple eight on that lifeline three six seven five three two nine. Um, three lines are open. We're going to go to Anne in Palo Alto right now. And are you there? Yes. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. What are your thoughts? Well, first, I agree with what you said about Joe Biden. He doesn't have a filter, and he cannot really. He doesn't really think about what he's saying he just bursts out with anger or even during the campaign he was threatening threatening to beat people up or calling them you know somebody a dog-faced pony soldier and a liar but he doesn't have a filter he's not a mature man he's a kid basically but i agree with you was the thing i was thinking about was um i'm kind of thinking about was thinking about him and nebuchadnezzar how when biden was installed as president i don't think he won he was thanking God for giving him the position, and now, and I just think God is not going to be mocked. He's putting this guy in the position now where he is being mocked instead. He's he's a joke. He's, not, he's right. losing his mind. You know, I just think it's it's a calling on him. Unfortunately, everybody else is suffering along with it, but it's it's you know it's his stupidity that put him in this position. He's he's not. In his right mind, he shouldn't be there. Right. But we put him there. And, and I don't say we, meaning you and me, because I didn't vote for him. Uh, most people Maybe. on the planet, most people on the planet know that I didn't. But, it, 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 you know, it's just that none of his policies would have been uh, even within the same universe as mine because I hold to a biblical worldview. But I agree with you totally that 
he was his incompetency is just a consequence of his uh, the on you know the developing uh, Alzheimer's or our dementia and, and certainly the uh, the the cognitive dissonance that has uh, assaulted him over the forty or fifty years he's been in politics because po- politicians lie and and eventually over time when you lie so much to people you become right. so you become psychopathic and it's a problem right. for him. Right, I, I totally agree, and, and I have something a little. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I, I was just saying it's a problem for him, but it's also a problem for us because we got right. we have to endure it until um, something calamitous happens, like either he just is taken out of the office because of his incompetency, and then we got to deal with the vice president, and uh, and hopefully in the next couple of years when it's time to uh, have another election, the American people. Uh, should should be smarter, but I, I have no confidence in the American people waking up between now and the end of this term. So you you go ahead. Well, on. I think I think that they woke up. I think the election was stolen. I don't think it was um, fair and square. So I'm I'm not agreeing that Americans put him there. I don't. There were a lot that wanted him there, but there were a lot more that didn't. He couldn't get five people in a gym, and you know the uh, his contender was filling up. Uh, 5,000 um, seat stadiums with 10,000 people. So I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. No, you and I and you and I saw the same thing. OK, we saw the same yeah. thing. But but I, I'm looking a little bit deeper. OK, and I do it as a pastor. So I'm looking at it from a theological standpoint. And, and I must admit that, you know, for me, God is sovereign. What that means is there's never an event taking place in the universe where God is not supervising it, where it is not part of his overall will. Um, and, and in some cases, it's something that he initiates. And he plainly said it even in the Nebuchadnezzar case. You're right. There are parallels. He said, God said, I raise up the basest of men to rule over people, disqualified men, uncharacteristically disqualified, rude, uh, base, uh, vile um, uh, uh, men who are uh, bereft of real uh, character and morality and ethics. And, and, And we know it because we know their track record. We know their history. And unfortunately, uh, Joe Biden came in with so much baggage between him and his son and his history with China, all that. You and I know that. What I am saying, my dear sister, is that we are look, we are living in a time where God is disciplining America for being passive thinkers. I don't know if you listen to my teaching, but one of the things I'm admonishing the people at Grace about is to stop being passive thinkers. And what that means is when you actually... Uh, see things that are wrong, don't blow it off as insignificant because it has major consequences. Look at, just think about the maybe 10 or 20% more people who would have been more actively aware of the implications of the left once they got in. Had they done what was right, it doesn't matter, notwithstanding all of the trichinery and theftery and all of that you and I saw, uh, Trump could have still won, but he wasn't meant to win. Trump was not meant to win, my sister, because we are under the discipline of God, and we have to now live with 
this fictitious postmodern uh, uh, group of, of politicians who don't live in reality um, ruling over us like children. This is Isaiah chapter three. Children will rule over you. Women will be your rulers and children will be your princes. That's a picture of unqualified rulers. And that's what you and I are experiencing now. Uh, the pain right. of unqualified rulers and maybe we'll get through it. Maybe we'll get through it. And I hope so. You know, I'm praying for that because I got a bunch of grandkids. I want to enjoy life for the next hundred years. But I'm really I do have some concerns. I really do, sister. I do. And then I just have one question and I'll, I'll hang up. I know people are waiting. That actually was part of my second point. You know, everything is ordained by God. I get it. But and there's evil in the world because there's sin and we're all sinners, but how do you reconcile, like, okay, say that a baby is born with bone cancer, how was that sin, that baby didn't sin, so how did, why did God, or would, would he ordain something like that? Right, because what he said, so people don't understand the principle of federal headship, in Adam all died, that's Romans five twelve. you know that verse, right? Yes. Okay. In Adam, all died. What that means is God viewed the whole human race in Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve were responsible for all of us in that we were in the loins of Adam uh, to be brought into the world, hopefully with parents who would have been responsible enough to obey God and maintain a social contract mandate vision, understanding that they're not here for themselves. But no, they became selfish in eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They became sinners and everything out of their womb, their prodigy became sinners too. So you know the Bible's true. We're born in sin and iniquity. And in my mother's womb, uh, did she conceive me? In this evil. So we come out sinners. And what that means is we are now all disposed to the corruption of our world, the uh, the the disintegration of society, the uh, potential uh, maladies of a sinful body, definitely a sinful body. So, yes, we're looking at the horrific reality that even though. Uh, way more children are born healthy. There is still a significant amount of children that are not born well. They're born sickly. They're born diseased. They're born deformed. All of that is a consequence of sin. And unless we acknowledge that it started with our first parents, but we own it because when we come out and we grow up and reach a level of conscious awareness of our own culpability, we have to answer for our own sins. It's not going to be on our parents. That's the fundamental Christian doctrine of sin and evil in the world. But I do want to say this also before I let you go, because it's a great question. Uh, when, When Christians think through theology, they have to be careful to understand the broad, broad scope of a sovereign God whose attributes are multifaceted. So let me talk a little bit about it before I go to the break. And that is God's essential nature is that of love. You would agree with that, correct? Yes, but why would he ordain, didn't he ordain Adam and Eve to eat the apple? Let's ask the question, is God omniscient? Of course. Okay, so that means he sees everything before it occurs, right? Right. So if he saw it before it occurred, if he wanted to stop it, he could have, couldn't he? Yes. Okay, so now, if God could have stopped something that he saw happening before it occurred, but didn't, it had to be part of his overall will. Would you agree? Yes. 
Okay, so keep with me, young lady, because this is how you maintain sound doctrine in your mind and don't don't enter into, um, again, uh, dissonance when it comes to the nature of God. Things we don't have to always agree. Uh, we don't have to always feel good about it. But this is just a logical consequence of the premise. The premise is that God is sovereign. He knows everything. He sees everything. He sees the end from the beginning. And whatever occurs is a consequence of his overall purpose. That we are responsible for our actions in it is true. He lays that out. These are called imperatives. Don't eat of the tree. That was a command. So man, mankind is responsible for his end, and yet God is sovereign even over man's responsibility. So we could always ask our Heavenly Father the question if we wanted to, and we could say, Father, why did you let humanity be culpable to the point of sinning, which would bring mass groups of people into perdition and hell when you could have avoided that. And I'm going to give you a short answer that's not going to be satisfactory, but I hope you will meditate and think upon it. And and, and the emotional uh, disruption that we have about God being all powerful, all wise, all good and allowing the evil that he does is a problem for us as human beings because we're not all wise. So here's what I would say. If God is as he is declared to be all powerful, if he's all wise, if he's all knowing, if he's a God of love preeminently, but he's also a God of righteousness, here's what we know. Everything that's happening in our world is in order to display God's love and God's justice. Everything, the fall of Satan, the uh, disruption of heaven with a third of the angels, the demons, the devils, uh, humanity, the sinfulness in our heart, wars and rumors of wars, what we see is God showing both mercy and justice. These are the two major prongs of his intervention into our world. And we have to meditate on that. That's Romans chapter nine. And I, chapter nine, and I want to leave that with you. Sometimes we struggle with his justice and other times we, we glory in his love. But they both work at the same time. And in the end, it will make sense. Thank you for the call, my dear sister. Got to take a break. Two lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I'll be right back. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.